Do you know that there's a self check kit that you can order to do it by yourself? Are you serious? Yeah, I've heard people um, ordering it. Apparently, there's a way that you can do pep smear yourself, but I, I don't think I'll be able to do it. I can't even insert a fucking yeah. tap on. <laughs> hey, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we're Asian Bitches Down Under, speaking to you guys from a muggy, humid Friday morning here in Sydney, where the weather is a fine 25 degrees. I just made that up. It's not 25, <laughs> but it's, we don't know what it, feels, it feels it's, about 25. Uh, it is very muggy, though. Yeah, the, first weekend of, the first weekend of autumn. Happy March. Hot. Happy March, yeah. yes. I was just thinking the other day, um, this was on my mind for a while because I kept eating this kind of fruit and you mentioned it a little while ago about mm. white nectarine and yellow nectarine. Yes, I love <laughs> I love talking about the differences between white and yellow nectarine. Go on. And why is that? Oh, um, because, um, well, f- first and foremost, they're delicious. They're delicious. They're absolutely delicious. But um, Some also they're racial. Yeah, but there are also racial implications. I also feel like stone fruits don't get enough uh, uh, don't get enough uh, chat talk, like don't get mm-hmm. enough love from general society. Um, mm-hmm. Stone fruits are the best. Uh, but also uh, when it comes to white versus yellow, um, white is always more like reliably sweeter than yellow. Yellow is kind of tart. What have you found? Yeah, I have to agree with that, which is funny because you mentioned that whether or not it's like a colorist. Yeah, racial thing. <laughs> racial thing. But um, I do tend to find that white nectarines are definitely sweeter and you'll find a lot of recipes, uh, for example, uh, fruit tarts or nectarine clams, mm. they tend yeah, to yeah. be yellow one because oh, you can really? add, because you're gonna sugar. add sugar onto yeah. the And you want something tart. tart, right? Yeah, and you want something tart with, yeah, so... That's just some strange observations that we I have. I love, yeah, I love frangipani um, tart, which is, I think, um, like just almond meal and white ne- uh, yellow nectarines. And you, mm. like, flay them. Like, yeah. you slice the bits, the, the nectarine into, you know, thin slices and lay them out like a spiral. It's so beautiful. It's just like a visually stunning dessert. Yeah, the aesthetic is really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I, what about furry versus non-furry, like peaches versus nectarines? Oh. Um, Where do you stand on that? I, I prefer nectarines for sure. I don't like the furry, don't really like the furry skin of peaches. Okay, I prefer nectarine. In Australia, mm-hmm. but if it's in Asia, mm. there's a type of peach. I, I believe that's like in Taiwan or Japan that they have a type of peach that is less hairy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right? And those yeah. ones taste much better than the. Yeah, what is it called in Mandarin? Um, I know it comes from a place that's called La La San in Taiwan. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just a specific place up in the mountain that they grow those kind of peaches and also in Japan as well. I mean, Japan is well known for their exquisite and expensive fruits. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. Of yeah. Course. yeah, yeah. $300 watermelon or rock melon or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, quality is definitely up there, much better than white nectarine. But again, they're white peaches as well. I don't yeah. really see much yellow peaches. Peach. You know the you know the fruit that I can't. I don't think I could ever get on board. Uh, what's that? Plums. I'm not a fan of plums. Mm. You know, they're like either too sweet or sour. too sour. Yeah, yeah it's hard to like find the perfect time that they're ripe enough to eat. Yeah, they're like they're like um, they're uh, I was gonna say they're like the bipolar of fruits, but then it feels like <laughs> I. It, then it feels like I'm criticizing people with bipolar. I'm not. Um, it's just like one extreme or the other kind of thing. Also, again, not not like obviously I don't even know anything about bipolar, so I've got this whole metaphor, uh, simile, whatever you want to call it, wrong. Uh, so, 
sorry if I've offended anyone um, by that, but uh, I, I just want a fun, innocent conversation uh, about fruits. fruits. Yeah, plums are good for like sorbet. Like you oh. make them into dessert or frozen dessert. They're good mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. You definitely mm-hmm. have to add sugar to it. What do you think is the most reliable fruit? Apple. I'm so vanilla. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. I was going to say banana. So but, common. Then like, but then like mm-hmm. banana, the, the, like a banana is not reliable in, in the way that an apple is reliable In because like a banana you can either buy really ripe on the shelf or like um, very, very not ripe. Mm-hmm, you know, no, whereas an apple, whereas an apple, you are you know, 100% guaranteed to be able to go into your fruit shop mm-hmm. and like buy it and then crunch into it. And you know that it'll be great. You know that it's ready to be eaten. Yeah. Well, I can't think of any of other time. fruit that is also so reliable. In 99% of time. Have you yeah. eaten like, soft apples? Oh, soft apples are the worst. <laughs> like <laughs> like um, powdery? Yeah. 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 No, that's that bad. Disgusting. Yeah. Um, I want to move our conversation to the away from fruit to fruit. something more. Um, just quickly, I want to mention the Screen yeah. Actors Guild Award for this week. Oh yes. Oh, um, we have we made news. Yeah, yeah, humongous news for Asians across the globe that uh, everything, everywhere, all at once was a winner for four major awards. They're breaking the record for most wins for a single film. So this multi multiverse fantasy film picked up the night's biggest award for ensemble in motion picture. Uh, Michelle Yao for the female actor in leading role and both supporting actors award for Jamie Lee Curtis and Ki Hui Kwan. Yeah, yeah, and I did you watch the speeches, Helen? I watched part of it. Oh, okay. I watched part of it on Ki Hui Huan's Kwan. His speech about how he's the first Asian man to win, and now you know, he yeah. feels seen, and it's therefore it's the change is coming. That's you know uh, what he's talking about. And Michelle Yao also. Yeah, Michelle Yao. Actor. She stood up onto the stage and she just made that. <laughs> I'm gonna break sign. into tears now. The sign. This, yeah. Yeah. Like the you know the third eye yeah, on yeah, yeah. forehead is like we've been seen. And there's a really heartfelt moment that I saw. It was one of the picture that a reporter took of Michelle Yao inviting Brendan Fraser to take a photo together. Yeah. I just feel like oh my god, Asian woman we are just the most genuinely nice and kind people like she didn't even it, it, it looks like i think later someone asked her oh why did you ask brendan fraser to come in to take a photo with you because she said that oh she saw him stood there by himself and she he looked overwhelmed but because she was a, with a group of her cast and he seems like he was being left alone at the really? corner and then she oh. invited him over to take a photo together and it just made me feel like that is just so nice it's just so kind this simple gesture of kindness not letting someone else to left in the corner yeah it's just you you can really see this person's uh, personality yeah, yeah. yeah. and their yeah. her quality how she treat other people yeah, yeah. i love that yeah and i completely agree with you she um they all all of them all the um both her and kiwe kwa felt like genuinely like down to earth normal mm-hmm. normal very people. very genuine yeah and um i i usually i try not i try not like i i i'm very deliberate about my time online Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on Monday or Tuesday night when the videos started appearing online, I did spend about half an hour watching, going through all the speeches. Yeah. Because like, um, because even though I'm not sort of like, I, I have no investment in, I guess I have no ambitions for myself as an actor, to, you know, to be in Hollywood or anything like that. Um, it does mean a lot to me to watch Asian people make like these speeches are very inspiring often mm-hmm. like i used to love watching I, li- I used to love watching oscar's speeches um and especially the inspiring ones mm-hmm. and in the last few years obviously you know um people have been more um, outspoken about political uh sort of political uh issues mm-hmm. and yeah. um and i really felt like i really wanted to hear what both of these a- asian actors we're going to say um 
outside of just the plain fact of them standing up there and having this kind of um, acknowledgement from mm-hmm. such a powerful historically white institution, you know, and mm-hmm. cultural space. Yes. So um, I really, I really loved their speeches. I feel like Kiwe Kwan's um, um, every time he he's won he's won a few awards now in these um, last twelve months the award yes. season for his role in everywhere everything everywhere all at once, and he's just like he's like a little kid he's just like thank you thank you thank you like he's yeah, so giddy he's, he's so giddy that, and that child image of that personality is still there is very visible isn't mm-hmm. it yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's very endearing. Yeah, and the excitement that he gets, and the genuine gratitude that he has. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, you know, for all the people he, you know, this is something that I love when someone who is giving out a acceptance speech is that they thanking other people, and the yeah. gratitude you can genuinely see it from the experience. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Not like um um I don't know. I just like I really didn't really like um Kate Blanchett's speech. At um, I forget was it the I don't think it was the BAFTAs, but it was another award that came mm-hmm. soon after the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes. Yeah, it wasn't the Golden Globes, but it was something that came oh, after yeah. the Golden Globes, okay. where Kate Blanchett was like, um, she was a bit she she looked apparently a bit tipsy, and she was oh, like, okay. oh, I can't believe I'm up here, I'm so old, and she was just like, and then she made just made a stab about like um, we should get rid of this hierarchy. She he took she took a stab of the. Um, idea of like um, televised awards, the structure of it, and and like um, I, I guess like I was glad that she pointed out something that needs to be changed. But you can definitely see a difference between like white people um, making acceptance speeches, and then like I don't know, like I guess like what examples we've had of Michelle Yao, who's like an absolute historical, like one of the best, one of the most incredible once in a generation actors we'll ever get. But but um, because of um, racism, because mm-hmm. of the racism and misogyny that is Hollywood, um, mm-hmm. she hasn't had a, as she hasn't had the um, reverence that she truly deserves in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to see her and the way that she was so gracious every time she's won an award in, during the last few months of award season, just like goes to show the difference between how like I guess white people receive an award or feel like um mm-hmm. feel like sort of i wouldn't say nonplussed but they kind of maybe they don't perform maybe 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 it's something to do with the way that they carry themselves i don't know mm-hmm. but i definitely get the sense that um a- asian people feel like uh, at least display a more outwardly emotional gratitude mm-hmm. when they're up there on stage yeah and i totally agree with what james horn was saying oh yeah oh, so yeah at the end um when when uh everything everywhere was named uh best uh cast. picture yeah. best cast yep. um james hong um 94 years old Amazing. So i think James, i think um melanie uh i think michelle yao introduced him uh 94 years old and then he took about four or five minutes to make his spiel um, it was uh, it was it was really heartwarming. It was really really heartwarming to see everyone stand up and you know acknowledge such an important. Yeah, I think it, it's really important. It's so imperative that we need to acknowledge James Bond's position in Hollywood and what he said about you know just less than a hundred, almost a hundred years ago, that Asians were not allowed to play Asians. In Hollywood, yeah, yeah, and I know. White people, and then he did the eye thing. He did the eye thing. Yeah, he did the eye thing. Yeah, that was very crucial for everyone to know. And I'm actually hoping that this will pave a way for new Asian generations. I mean, they're not young anymore. I'm not saying that they can't continue in Hollywood, but you know, we want to see them continuously. But at the same time, we want to see new generations of Asian actors. To be exposed in more movies, you know, and not being mm. given and cast in a very stereotypical roles, they need to be more diverse roles and good scripts for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to have to. Um, I, I certainly don't want to see something like you know, a hype of crazy rich Asians, and then for twelve months, yeah, everyone's talking about it, and then Asians disappear. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, are, are you personally? I'm personally. This is just me. I'm very cynical. 
um, because these things come in waves. Like um, mm, black yeah, people have been fighting for equal representation in Hollywood for for decades. Cent- like decades. For well, a century. And, and look now, at yeah. it now. You know, every year it fluxes. You know, we have. Um, it, it's just so like kind of mercurial our conversations around it like one mm-hmm. year we'll be like oh there are two directors of women directors who have been nominated and then you know we'll be like oh yeah things are changing because Jane Campion's won best director things are changing because you know Zoe Z- Chloe Zhao's oh, no. won mm-hmm. and then the next year no men and then oh again oh no men oh, woo, 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 ha. and then people go crazy uh you know and you know, uh, the it's next a very year, it's like temporary. It's so hype. temperamental, yeah. and yeah, it just fluctuates too so much. You know, one year it's like um, there are four out of five best actor nominations who are black. Actually, I don't think that's ever happened. But like, you know, and then the next year, no, no black um, actors are nominated. Is hmm. uh, like, I, and you know, comes in way. Cast your way. Cast your yeah. Cast your mind back to 2018 when we had Crazy Rich Asians. We hmm. thought that things were changing. I'm, I, I, when I see the movies coming out, Helen, this year, 2023, great, amazing line of blockbusters coming out, um, it's still primarily starring white people, yeah, you know, very, very and still dominant. primarily dominated by male protagonists. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't, like, I, I, I am very much fortified by the strength and the, um, the power of seeing, you know, these significant wins. I'm not at all saying it doesn't matter that, you know, we've had great uh, um, Asian American people being acknowledged at the SAG Awards. Mm. I'm not saying that's not insignificant. I'm just saying, like, it feels like I I, I, I tend to just think, okay, great, um, I'm happy that this has happened. Uh, let's keep fighting structural. Yeah, what's going to happen? I guess, you know, because, yeah, yeah I, I don't actually ever think that, one or two wins by someone or a handful of wins by someone is actually going to change the structural um, mm-hmm. racism of mm-hmm. uh, an institution, you know? Yeah, there's just hope to see that it shows to the production companies that these actors, the Asian actors, you know, we have the ability to to be, I don't want to say, you know, given, but, you know, they have the ability to approach the general public and the the films are there to they, they there's a box office for it that's the thing at the bottom yeah, yeah. there you know people watch production companies sponsors and investments they look at the money signs mm. by the end of the day they there is we've proven the fact that there is a market for it and yeah. i think um the build-up from Golden Globe, um, SAG, and the BAFTA in the past weeks. Um, we're heading down to the path of anticip- anticipating an Academy Award in what? In a couple March. Of, yeah, in a week's time. In a week's oh, time. Oh, wait, is it? When is the Academy Awards? I know it's in March. The second weekend or something like that. Oh, okay. okay. I'm, gonna, I'm actually yeah. going to um, consult my brain trust now, Google. <laughs> Yeah. But um, while I do that, Helen, um, mm. tell me what's your favourite, what is your Apex Mountain? Just uh, stealing the term from my favourite podcast of the moment, um, the Rewatchables. Uh, what is your favourite James Hong piece of work? Oh, okay. Like, I'm, I'm okay, looking through I his IMDb. Okay, I'm looking yeah. through his IMDb. And he has, he has one of the most thoughts. incredible yeah. lists of like absolute absolute prolific yeah. prolific um work people actors in hollywood yeah like almost or up to 10 uh 10 appearances a year mm-hmm. since like wow since the he, 80s. he works oh my so gosh. much he Not, works uh, so even much. before the 80s i mind you i'm i'm getting my decades wrong but he's an incredible incredible actor absolutely prolific when i think of james hong helen i think of my apex mountain for him is big trouble in little china Oh, okay. That's such a such a Kim Cathrol and uh, <laughs> Russell. Movie. Oh, yeah. It's from 1987. Oh, sorry, 86 before I was born. Um, but uh, incredible movie. I love it. But I do remember him. I think he was quite scary in that movie. I think he was the bad guy, right? He was the bad mm-hmm, guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, if you look at his IMDb, incredible, absolutely incredible work ethic. Just like has been working nonstop. He's working non-stop, yes. not only on movies, he's a voice actor for yeah. 
TV. Kovu Panda as well. He's the dad, I think. He's the 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 duck or the goose. He's the duck goose. Yeah. You know. Oh, the goose or the so duck cute. of yeah, Poe, <laughs> Jack Black. It's the ping, yeah. God, I love those movies. I absolutely love Poe yeah. Panda. It is it Panda. kills me, kills me. Uh, yeah. Speaking of animation, I'm so looking forward to see that Turning Red winning this year. Hopefully, mm. if it's not winning now, and so, so be disappointed. <laughs> so the Academy Awards are taking place on March 12th. So that's、okay. Sunday night for、yep. Americans and、uh, Monday morning for us. Plus,、yeah. It'll be 11 a.m.、Um, every single year, Helen, I'm always like, I'm going to throw a party for my friends. But yeah, but it's fine. But every、Monday. single year, I realize, I really, it's really remember,、Monday. it's freaking during the worst <laughs> day of the day, day. Monday,、yeah. and also the busiest time of the day, 11 a.m. <laughs> so it's a work for both us. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's take a quick break, and when we come back,、uh, we will dive into our cultural consumption, consumption of this week. Hi there! If you're new to our show, thanks for tuning in into our program, and we hope you will stay with us for a very long time. And if you're a regular listener, we're forever grateful for your continuous support throughout this period of uncertainty. It has really helped this podcast to gain a great exposure, as our mission is to center the perspectives of people who look like us, who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So, if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Omni, Apple, Google, or Spotify, and leave a rating and review. And of course, as a small podcast program, we rely on listeners' support to continue this work. Please do check out our Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation in order for us to continue to advocate the intersectionality in the podcast industry. Okay, so we're back.、Uh, this week, you know, Helen, I've been going through nineties. Classic films. Yes,、uh, I, I am always kind of eternally embarrassed by the fact that I haven't seen really, really big blockbusters from the nineties.、Mm-hmm. The Firm, I haven't seen.、Um, well, that's because it、I'm、was inappropriate for us when you came. Oh,、out. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs>、um, uh, yeah a couple of other stuff, but this week、um, I went on a little bit of a Julia Roberts spend,、oh, and when I mean、okay. a little bit, I just mean like two films. So I watched、uh, the firm. Ah,、oh, sorry, not the firm. Pompers. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't seen that. I watched、um, Sleeping with the Enemy. Okay.、Uh-huh. Which、um, is、uh, one of those from Hell movies.、Uh, I believe it's from 1990. I could be wrong. 90, 91. Nineteen ninety-one. Ninety-one. Psychological thriller. Yeah. So it's the husband from Hell. So she's married to. A, An abusive guy, and then、uh, she.、Uh, the movie、uh-huh. is about her trying to escape him. Okay.、Uh, great film. She's so beautiful. It hurts, honestly.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and the following, and great, just a great film.、Um, and the following day, I decided to watch another Julia Roberts film. This、yep. time,、uh, the Pelican Brief. Oh, the Pel- have you seen that?、Brief. Yeah, that's with、It's、Denzel Washington. About, like spy Since- or. Oh, okay. So it's a John Grisham. Novel,、yeah. the adaptation.、Um, it、uh, has an amazing sort of like、um, uh-huh. minor casts, like Cynthia Nixon is in there, John Lithgow is in there, Stanley Tucci is in there. Ah,、uh, um, yeah. Incredible, incredible、mm-hmm. um, cast.、Uh, really great film. I think both films didn't get. I, I haven't actually read the reviews of the Pelican Brief, but、um, the Sleeping with the Enemy had pretty bad reviews. I think it got something like twenty two percent on Rotten Tomato. Uh-huh. Um, but、uh, but yeah, extraordinary performances both by、uh, Julia Roberts. I just forget how beautiful she is. I think I I I think my favorite Julia Roberts has will always be、um, my be- my best friend's wedding. Yeah, because I I loved it when I was growing up. Obsessed, absolutely obsessed. Yeah, well, we were obsessed with the music. I oh, I listened to that soundtrack <laughs> to my best friend's wedding. Like a trillion times while I was like fifteen, sixteen years old,、mm-hmm. and I know every song by heart.、Um, sweet, and I and you know Dermot Mono Dermot Monori Monori. I can never say his surname. 
um, that hot guy who who's her best friend. He um, he's such a heartthrob. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, Julia Roberts um, going through a bit of a crazy '90s um, love fest with uh, with her at the moment. How about you, Helen? Let's throw it back to you. Okay, um, so I want to mention a Japanese TV series that I watched with my husband a couple of weeks ago, which I uh, I actually watched by myself when you first came out in 2016, but um, it only had Chinese subtitle back then. And mm. this television drama has just recently been um, added to Netflix. So it's called Quartet. Uh, oh, yeah. stars Takako Matsu Hikari Matsu Mitsushima. Yeah, so the synopsis is about four kind of outcast, marginalized musicians. They're all string players, uh, met at a karaoke bar in Tokyo one day and decided to form a quartet. And they move into a house like out in the countryside to rehearse and perform at a local restaurant. So that's the basic premise of this drama. But the complexity within it is that there's um, the extent to like a missing husband, the complicated marriage relationship. What one when one want what you know sometimes uh, what you want from the marriage is very different to what your partner wants for a marriage. There's a lot of secret crashes. There's trauma incurred by family. My feeling is that the drama is. Um, stylized very similar to Katie Kitamura's fashion, her writing. Oh, really? Nice. It's a slow burn, so I don't know whether or not that you enjoy it, but I really want to recommend it to our listeners because the aesthetics was done very well. Um, you can really feel the melancholy and the poignant of the platonic friendship between all the four musicians and it's kind of dusted with a bit of ambiguous romance between them. Mm. It always reminds me that um, when I was watching this drama, I I come back to compare to Flashman is in trouble because instead of a missing ex-wife, this drama involves a missing husband. There's a mystery Mm. of why he ran away. Did you ever watch, did you ever read A Separation? No, no, I haven't read A Separation. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is, it is. Oh my god, Helen! Is it, is it about marriage me. as well? Oh, it's it's one of my favorite books ever. I okay. probably say that I love it more than Intimacies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh does it god. involve I, marriage? It, yeah, it's all about marriage. It's all about betrayal. It's all about yeah. It's a missing husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Husband oh, goes missing. Yeah, try to watch the the quartet because it's okay. Because it reminds me, Flash is Flashman is in trouble. It really demonstrates the tension of a couple who reach a point where they cannot communicate or they avoid communicating to each other. And you can really see the performance of the couple, how they struggle and they feel hurt and where they don't know how to express what they want in their life. An incident that happened within the drama that I always come back and I refer to when I talk about this drama with my friends is that the lemon incident. it really shows that the silentness between an Asian couple when they don't know how to tell each other what they want. So Do you want to explain to the listeners? What yeah, the lemon incident is that at the first we see the four musicians, they sit in, at the dining tables and having dinner and their dinner, the main meal is karaoke chicken, it's a Japanese fried chicken. And the protagonist is Maki, the female musician. She starts putting um, lemon all over the fried chicken. And the, one of the male musicians stopped it, stopped her and saying that, mm. okay, what are you doing? And she mm. goes, I'm putting lemon on the chicken. And he said that, oh, you didn't ask everyone. You didn't ask everyone if we, because yes. like, you know how Asians eat, we have a big plate of food yeah. in front instead of yeah. how the Western style of cuisines you have individual plates for every yeah. for individual yeah. people so she started putting lemon over the um the chicken and the male musician asked her uh okay stop there why didn't you ask everyone and she just said that oh i assumed that everyone would want it so she assumed that's how she were raised that yeah. you eat the fried chicken with lemon yeah and 
that incident kind of reminded her of um she's starting to kind of have flashbacks and thinking why her husband ran away was is because that she always do this with the fried chicken and one time when she went to a eatery i know it sounds really insignificant but you really have to reflect back into your relationship things that you do you assume that it will be accepted by your partner but it wasn't because mm. when she's starting to have uh there were scenes about her flashbacks that she went to an eatery and then she accidentally ran into her husband having meals with his colleague but she was like a couple of tables away and she overheard that her husband told his colleague saying that oh don't put lemon on my fried chicken because i hate it and my mm. my wife always does it and i don't like it and you start well, thinking what well, why didn't he say yeah why yeah exactly he, why didn't he you know just bring it up with uh, his wife. Yeah, bring it up at the first time is because that when you love someone so much that you want to, you don't want to disappoint them or you love someone so much to the point that you just put up with it. I was, um, so yeah, I know, I know, I know what you mean. I'm just like in my head, it's, it's, it's not because all the, all the biggest things in life are the tiniest things. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think you just watch yeah, just watch this drama. I think it's really fun to watch. It's a bit uh, of comedy. Yeah, okay. well. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It, it, it's just interesting that he would tie like um the idea of the, the decision not to bring it up with his wife. He he kind of associates it with dis like disappointing her somehow. Like why why would that be? Why why is he so afraid of what 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 kind of reaction is he most afraid of if he did mm. tell his wife i don't yeah. actually like chicken yeah. but there's uh, lemon chicken who even lemon. likes lemon chicken that's weird <laughs> well some people put lemon on their fry food you know with fish and chips oh yeah that's different so that's a, a similar concept i guess yeah i didn't know about lemon on chicken until i watched the drama series because i never put lemon on chicken but yeah yeah it was just interesting that it a lot of resentment and a lot of disagreements in a relationship it's not once off it's like a build up of a lot of things yeah and yeah exactly drama really explores um yeah really explores a lot of things that the complexity within the relationship yeah yeah right fantastic um, um did you want to run through any books i i don't have any book no i don't have any week. books this week okay. that I'm <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, let's roll straight into. Uh, let's have okay, a break. Okay. Okay, we're back. Um, it is, of course, our favorite time of the year. It's our favorite day of the year. <laughs> the day that. Um, tokenistically recognizes us just because we were born without a penis <laughs> yes uh, it is of course ladies and gentlemen uh and every folks folks of non-binary um identification wednesday 8th of march is international women's day mm, I, know. I hope i, I, I did I, I hope i didn't screw that up but i think it is Yes, it's it a, is, guys. It is, yeah. Right. yeah. I know that because uh, uh, my uh, because uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, one of my um, go to uh, bar bar reformation reformation uh, reformer Pilates classes um, mm -hmm. uh, studios. They're giving um, women free classes on that day, mm -hmm. and I commend them. I also know that a company. I don't actually know which one, um, but a company has uh, given the day off to all their female employees on Wednesday, the 8th of March. And I say okay. kudos to them. And and that got me thinking because, you know, last year I um, had the whole like, ugh, I'm so sick of Women's Day. Everyone, yeah, like most of us are, if you're a woman, um, a lot of the events are basically extremely tokenistic, extremely white. Extremely expensive. Extremely, 
Extremely expensive. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, of course. What kind it's of woman could afford like a hundred dollars? Like hundred eighty dollar. Why? Why? Simply to watch to watch Tracy Spicer <laughs> talk about her white problems. <laughs> um, I loathe those events uh, violently. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so yeah. Uh, this year, I thought I might just go the other end and not engage with any any of them. Okay, because mm-hmm. it's just not useful for my mental well being. And thought, okay, I'm gonna draft up a list of what ifs. Like, what would be my mm-hmm. idea of a perfect um, International Women's Day? Mm-hmm. What would be the uh, you know the policies I would put in place and actually um, decisions I would um, you know uh, make if I were I had any power in power. society? Yeah. Um, so shall I just launch into them, Helen? Yeah, go ahead, please. Okay, so um, I had actually more than I initially thought. Um, okay. When I when I started, I had I was thinking I had maybe just three points, but once I got started, I got started. Yeah. Once you have the power, you want more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lot more to say than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, um, what I want for this IWD, UC's uh, IWD, uh, there are five wishes that I'd like to make and then five bonus wishes. So five wishes are the ones I really want and then yep. five bonus wishes are the ones that if I had extra wishes, I would wish for. Okay. So first, first wish I have, and and let's bounce off each other, okay? Yes, of course. Um, yeah. So first wish I had, Helen, is um, free sanitary pads and and products worldwide mm-hmm. for everyone, for every female body. body. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um, I want to know. I want to let you guys know what I mean by that. Um, at the moment, um, New Zealand, uh, Victoria, parts of Victoria, uh, Scotland, uh, parts of the UK, um, they already have this in place. But mm. in a lot of areas like New Zealand, um, they only provide free pads, uh, sanitary products for school-age children, mm-hmm. which means that you know the moment you get out of school, you've got to start paying for your pads, and uh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So um, my wish this IWD day is that the world, which is basically run by men, mm-hmm. no one can argue with that. Um, I want it to decide that um, women or people in female bodies no longer have to ever pay, no matter how, what age you are, if you're bleeding once a month, you no longer have to pay for your sanitary products. And mm-hmm. I guess if it was to be implemented, I'd like a world in which uh, sanitary products are just sent to you. So every in the way that, I don't know, what else is sent to us for free? Like uh, I guess like the way people order toilet paper online with, you know, who gives a crap, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of something that the government actually all sends to us. Maybe like the bowel cancer checkups, you know, those <laughs> the kits. thick envelopes. They're yeah. the kits. So just mm-hmm. like that. Um, I want the government to send all women who have menstruation every month free sanitary products. Mm. That's my first wish. Okay. I, for me, I would think that this is such a big ask, but I, I want to extend onto like free contraceptions as in, and then it got me thinking about what about just free healthcare for women? Yeah, you know, a yep. free healthcare for women within a certain income brackets, mm-hmm. or extend that free healthcare not to because currently this is in Australia, or I, I presume it's in, in across the states, but kids over I think it's sixteen or eighteen, they're not longer bulk bill. Some GPs don't are not longer bulk bill, and oh, we. So are seeing in less bulk bill clinics everywhere um, everywhere everywhere i yeah, don't remember so. the last time i've seen one actually well i think the one that our parents go to with dr to oh, okay. bulk bills yeah but um we're having such a shortage of gps and just general health yeah. clinics everywhere yeah. it's so scary it's becoming a crisis very very soon i mean we're speaking from a point of we're both healthy and we're able to put people and we don't need regular medication. But I know yeah. that out there are a lot of women who would avoid going to see GPs because yeah. they know it will cost them. They would just put up seeing GPs. And I think it's such a 
big problem when we're seeing the right right rise of homelessness for women mm -hmm. over 55 is yeah. becoming the one of the big fastest leading countries. cohorts exactly yeah it's, can it's i also add can i just right. jump in helen mm -hmm. um i had a pap smear this morning which i uh, yeah. spoke to you about mm -hmm. uh, before yeah. we hit record very unpleasant mm -hmm. um and uh, it was uh, 95 dollars oh shit. 95 but i got like 30 dollars back so yeah, you still have to say so it was $50 dollars, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah for a pap smear. Yeah, for a yeah. yeah, it will be the same for me as well, I think. But $60, do you think about people trying to just fuel up their car for $100 yeah. a week? Exactly. Just, they're they're going to think, okay, I don't feel anything wrong. I'm just going to put it off. And then what if something is wrong, you know? And cervical cancer apparently is one of the hardest cancer to detect you know a lot of women right. won't know yeah. until the very latest stage exactly exactly yeah so i love yeah. that i love that it's such a great wish to have helen yeah i think free healthcare beautiful woman. yeah yeah my That's second fine. my second iwd wish um mm -hmm. is very is something i have very close to my heart um <laughs> or, so this is the wish um so my second wish, guys, um, is something that I'm very, very passionate about and mm -hmm. um, very close to my heart, and I think it's not a big stretch. Um, my second wish uh, for IWD is that uh, we implement some sort of law that makes it that every man in a hetero couple mm -hmm. situation has to do at least 30 minutes of housework a day, mm -hmm. one day to Friday. Okay. Like, that's my, that's my second. What sort of? Okay, so any kind of household duties, they have to um, at least, like, um, uh, they have to just clock off at least thirty minutes of any kind of household duties mm -hmm. every day. That could that could be like washing the dishes, um, or cleaning the floors, or paying the taxes, or paying the bills, or picking up the children. It mm -hmm. could be kind of um, any kind of domestic uh, task that is. Mm like overwhelmingly always done by women um mm -hmm. i'd like hetero men uh, or any man in a hetero couple to ha do that for at least 30 minutes a day mm, okay i mean that's a good start and for me I, I always feel like there's a polarized um polarized situation that i see because mm -hmm. one group of my friends will say that oh yeah they're in a relationship that their male partner does equally share of chores or housework exam and there's another group of friends that i hear that of stories that their partners just don't do any shit at all mm. i think it comes back to i mean if if our listeners are out there that has the same similar family structure like me who has kids in their family and you're a parent I think you really have to start teaching your children, especially boys from a very young age, to do housework. And your male partner really need to set up an example to show them to do mm. the housework. Mm. I think because of our generation, I know that there are a lot of men who end up not doing a lot of house any housework at all. It's because their parents, especially I, I don't want to bag out their mums, but unfortunately, it's usually their mother were, who were in the position. Well, they're a product of their time. Yeah, that, you know, just pampered boys that they just didn't grow up doing any housework. And then when when they become adults, they're like, I, I don't know, I, I never learned or I never, I was never told to do it. I was always expecting the female to do it. And we can hear so much so many stew out there a lot of story like that i think that's a great idea that implement such policy to have heterosexual uh, um, cis men in heterosexual relationship to share um well i don't not only no, 30 I, minutes i think no yeah i was gonna say an hour a day but i was like mm. Do you like, even do an hour a day yourself? Yeah, exactly. Like I don't, so yourself. I'm like, 30 minutes a day, that, that's good. Yeah. 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 Okay, what's your second wish for IWD this year, Helen? Um, for me to... I think it's for me for, to extend that wish of what you just said about housework. For me, I would say that try to implement something that is teaching kids 
responsible of how to take care of themselves because you need to be independent then you will be interdependent with someone else sorry my my garner's here outside so you can hear the long moin um, should we pause no he's gonna be he's not gonna be a, a little while so okay be okay yeah he's gonna be back and forth anyway so i think it's very very important for me as a parent that to advise all the other parents out there to get their kids, especially boys, to do housework because I, I am still seeing a lot of mothers in similar generation as me don't let their sons do housework or, you know, take over a lot of responsibilities or running a household, picking up their child when they're still 17 or washing their clothes, doing their laundry. It's just to me, it's just... Okay, um, I I will probably not let my kid marry your child. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I don't want my I don't want I don't want my child to end up having a relationship with someone that they will need to constantly looking after someone else. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. that's my that's what I think. Okay. Um, my third wish for IWS this year is uh, forced paternal leave for six months. Mm, okay. That, can you articulate on that? Because I would like you to know what are you expected. What do you expect the man to do in those six months? Because I know there are paternal leaves in some companies, and I have heard stories of men taking those leaves to take their solo holidays. Oh my god! Are you kidding? Okay. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the idea behind forced paternal leave for six months yeah. is the um, uh, employees pay I, I don't know what the rate is but employers? like a, a sort of yeah employers pay their male um, employees who have just become new fathers mm -hmm. um, six months to go away to be away from the hospital and they pay them what half the rate of the salary or whatever it is I, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the um, will be similar leave is. Yeah, yeah. yeah um with the with the goal or the aim primarily of um having them taking care of the infant at home mm -hmm. um, with the female, with their female with partners. With the mother. Or, or yeah. with their, um, with their uh -huh. yeah, it could be an adopted uh -huh. kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, yeah, I also, if it, you know, if it's an adopted kid, um, also the same case if it's, um, if you're in a same-sex relationship, same case. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't actually think that would happen, like what, what you said, um, men taking holidays off internally that's like yeah. horrifying to hear yeah. but um no i did I, I am not going to kind of think that far like my my idea is that um somehow um every company is forced to give their new fathers mm. like um paternal leave and that and that um every um, new father has to take it for the first six months mm. that's as far mm. as i've thought about this implementing mm. this um the implementing this policy yeah you can you can ask me questions about it but i'll have to respond on the spot yeah okay well I, I will be curious to know the type of company that is wealthy enough to implement this kind of policy would be probably full of men that are not very <laughs> responsible in their <laughs> taking care of family i know i'm being stereotypical here but you know what sort of professions i'm talking about yeah yeah, wealthy yeah. enough to be able to incorporate this kind of policy yeah i think a lot of them like yeah. the, my second wish and this this wish the third wish are similar mm -hmm. in the sense that it both yes. um i i want a world where men don't are not they they don't they, they don't kind of blink, blink an eye or they bat they don't bat an eye when it mm -hmm. comes to the idea of doing uh, tasks that were historically um, female mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. exercised, I guess, yeah. you know, yeah. like I feel like um, a, a lot of women I've been speaking to now I'm, I'm in the depths of my, now I'm in the middle of my thirties. I've been yeah. speaking to like oh, gauging the areas around me and seeing that even my most feminist friends are with men who get so much of their personhood from their mm -hmm. job 
you know yeah. like they they come up with excuses like i'm working i'm working i'm working and like um these men are so tied they they so tie their her their masculinity and their sense of self through um working through yeah. ostensibly paid employment and so yeah. i'm like what what is wrong with you that you can't that you don't um that you don't think it's as important to do your laundry compared to going into the office at 7 a.m. you yeah. know it yeah. like a guy who decides to go into work at 7 a.m. rather than do the laundry at home is a guy to me that's that indicates a guy who thinks um that um being paid and say no let me just finish the thought being paid and being seen to do a job in the workplace um for him is more important than actually um helping out at home Mm-hmm. and it's a kind of guy that i don't want in this world like i want more men mm-hmm. to actually just like think um it is just as important and just as like um masculine for me to do laundry um as it is for me to go into the office at 7am mhm but i think we have to consider how the society is framing the unpaid work at home unfortunately and also i i think the type of men that you're talking about I believe they're just not they want to work they want to get paid fine fair enough you know you pay someone else to do your chores at home then you're not suitable in the relationship that's what i think um speaking of sharing you know charering being the parent being the actual active participant in the family in the family proper family structure i've noticed that again i'm coming back to the specific some sort of professions i say that is very wealthy that are very wealthy and you know been highly respected in society most of them are very f- focused in their work and most of them are very disengaged with their own family as well yeah um, from my obs- observation this comes into a bit of uh class analysis as well because where i live there's a lot of tradies there's a lot of blue collar uh families and i see dads come and pick up their mm. yeah you've it's mentioned not, this to me yeah, yeah it's because firstly because their time their working time is definitely more flexible yeah 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 right but they're flexible because they want to uh they want to be participating in their kids life as well whereas you know finance all sort of very oh. highly respected professions of me rolling my eyes they determine that they cannot be flexible because they don't want to be flexible yeah yeah they put their business first before their kids and therefore that we don't see you know we don't see dads in suits coming to pick up kids unless they have to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so that's that's what I think. I I really like that you picked up on the class um the class um sort of um status of these things because I'm um, I have to say I think that is my biggest blind spot. I'm I am not very class aware. Like I never think about the different um social economic um positions of different people and I haven't really gone through my list through a class lens. So just bear that in mind ladies and gentlemen while I you know go through the rest of my list with you. Um uh, I think now Helen it's back to you. Um you have you got a third wish? Uh no, I I I didn't really list any of my wishes. I'm just trying to compliment and you know add on what I think of your list. Okay. Um, I think yeah and also on the class I want to just tell you a story like tell our listeners a story is that more than once we have our trade we have tradies coming to our house with their kids really because their wife work as well and nice. i'm so impressed that they they child i mean within um safe situations and the the kids this is like a couple of years ago the young child their young kids would just come and hang around with my kids in the front yard as well we're not friends we're not acquaintances at all you know but because he has to bring his kids and i said oh no it's fine you know i can just supervise them while you you know fit the ceiling fan for me or something yeah, like yeah. that so i'm happy to do that and i'm also uh, it's just you know you you hardly see men 
bringing their kids to their workplace. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very tokenistic, bring your kids to for work. Yeah. For a day, some of the sort of thing. Daughter, yeah. dad days. But I'm pretty impressed that, um, yeah, a lot of trades and a lot of blue-collar labor work here in my area, I, I can see dads are uh, quite actively engaging in their kids' life. Terrific. Yeah. I love that. Okay, moving on to my fourth wish for IWD. Uh, every text in school is 60% female authored. Okay, then I'll ask you what sort of females are they going to be all white females or is this should they be equally? Uh, well, I guess if we're, yeah, if um, well, I only got as far as female, yeah, 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 but I guess um, I would have like 25% um, works in translation, 25% black women, 25% Asians, 25%. Whatever else there is. <laughs> you don't want to say white woman. Fans or queer, queer oh, writers, I... yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good start. Is, is that a good start? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good start. Yeah. I think a lot of people miss the idea of how much that we've read and how that would that, – that what, how, what sort of books that we read will implicate how we perceive the world and how we – navigate into our lives yeah i think that's very important because we grew up reading so much men written works yeah i I, yeah and if i could have nitpicks i'd say Mm -hmm. get rid of shakespeare Mm -hmm. um put in uh mandatory uh i don't i can't off the top of my head i can't think of like see this is my blind spot as well i can't think of like a single famous um female playwright (laughs) I was like, mm-hmm. let's put in someone who's like equivalent to Shakespeare, but a woman. Um, but She's I, I don't yet, know. Yet to be discovered. That's a problem. No, no. I'm sure there are ph- phenomenal playwrights. I just I like, can't think of right now. I'm not in the theatre space, so I, um, that's my big blind spot. But yeah, um, my nitpicks will be get rid of Shakespeare, um, and then um, from there I'd have like um, uh, yeah, like you said, like um, you know, um, the different percentages of works in translation and black women and trans women and trans people and all that. So that's my um, fourth wish. My final wish mm-hmm. for IWD is equal Hollywood leading women's stories. So the mm-hmm. idea that Hollywood funds at least fifty percent of movies that have female protagonists. Mm-hmm. So every year we would see fifty percent. Like I, what I want is um, to see a list of top ten films of a year, and for f- at least five of them, of them to be um, female, with female lead. leads. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good policy. I think. Um, for me, as in for the film industry, I would actually like to see worldwide distribution of non-Hollywood films, mm-hmm. um, because Hollywood kind of dominated, you know, globally. And I yeah. really want to see the equal distribution of non-Hollywood films. You know, Bollywood. Um, I, I know there's a similar from China. Yeah, there's a similar uh, premises surrounding um, Nigeria. I think Nigeria film industry is very popular as well in, in mm-hmm. Africa and Asia as well. Um, what I mean is that the equal distribution is not just that. The amount I know they make tons of movies, but I think the exposure of their works are not as equal as the Hollywood. As in, you know how Hollywood films have kind of reached almost every corner of the world, but it's not in the same way that those non-Hollywood films has been treated. You know, and it's like we were trying to wait for an Asian film to reach Australia, but they don't have they're not as popular yeah 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 yeah. Like that will be my wish in the film industry mm. so that will Love be that. more um ethnic based yeah yes yeah so we've covered um healthcare we've covered movies we've covered books um we've covered domestic duties mm. um any other final wishes before i launch into my bonuses um no let's launch into your final bonus okay Um, I have five bonus um, wishes. Number Mm -hmm. one, a government-funded POC women initiatives. So that could be anything uh, like at least 
two million, I'd say, for these funded initiatives that could be um, that could be kind of networking opportunities or um, sort of uh, just anything that um, is any any body that is guided with the initiative of raising the skills of uh, migrant undocumented POC women, um, any kind of those initiatives. Community-based is what I'd like for the government to fund those things. But I, I want the government to give money to um, women of colour and let women of colour decide what to do with it, basically. Yeah, I think this kind of request will be a bit more bureaucratic issue because there are grants out there. Mm-hmm. You have to go and apply for the grants. And I know there are already a lot of POC like non for not for profit organizations, but they're scattered mm. everywhere and yeah. everyone is fighting for the grants and Yeah, it's so limited. That's why, them. yeah. yeah. I, I'm just asking for more, basically, mm-hmm. as a bonus. Yeah. Um my second one, uh for all men to wear menopause inducing uh equipment. <laughs> what I mean by that is like I, I think a few months ago I covered this new technology where like um uh, a man uh, can like wear this this kind of i don't know if it's a machine but it was this kind of like piece of clothing that you attach to yourself and it makes mm-hmm. you sweat and it gives you hot flushes it basically induces what it feels like to be a menopausal woman. similar symptoms yeah. yeah yeah exactly and um and uh and uh you know a couple of men tried it out and they were like oh my god it's crazy and so yeah i would like all men to wear that also <laughs> if someone could invent something similar to period pain I, I would like all men to wear period pain inducing uh, clothing or like some sort of tool they can attach. I think there's, some, there's, a, there's an apparatus or a device that is similar. Like device, for, that's the word. Device, I'm yeah, that's yeah. similar device of inducing like labor pain. Oh my God, yeah. I love that. <laughs> no, I have heard of that. I have heard of that. But um, yes, I would like that. I would like that to be given and enforced upon every yeah, man. They were actually every single man, yeah. Yeah, um, once a month for a year. Let's see how they feel. I think it'll once be funny. a month for a year. Yeah, on on, on subjects of that uh, pain feeling device, I think man who wants to have kids needs to go through a session of wearing that labor pain experience. That is incredible. How would yeah? I I would they like would to. Need to understand. I would like to have this experience with this device. Before I have children, just so I can know what it feels like. You anticipate. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, because uh, I, I just realised that all cis men have never, um, who all cis men have never actually experienced period pain. They have no idea what it's like. You know? Yeah, because period pain is not selective. You know, you can't select it because. When, when I talk, like this is in the past, like when I talk about period pain, when I talk about labor pain, some men will come back and say that, oh, you know, but men does a lot more dangerous stuff, you know, they, they take on more dangerous uh, occupations that will inflict injuries. I'm like, yeah, but that's a fucking choice, you know, you can choose not to do those jobs, you know, you can avoid the risk, but being a woman, unless you have very rare you know, very rare um, medical issues that you don't have period. Most period, most women who have period will go through period pain. Yes. It's something that we cannot choose. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd like all men to wear it once a month for a year, and I'm sure after a year they'll be a bit more sympathetic about um, mm-hmm. towards women. Good idea. Uh, next one, um, I put this in the bonuses because I kind of don't really believe in it, but I thought maybe it'll make a difference. Uh, uh, equal parliamentary representation, so mm-hmm. 50-50 women. Um, the reason why I don't believe in it is because, you know, if, if you all just get white women, you know, nothing changes. Okay. I also, I also yeah. feel like politicians, no matter what kind of background you're from, you are um, Once you get power, a person. Yeah, you are a person who um, has inherently complied with an extremely rigid um, structure of power. And for me, that's just like who cares? Like I have never ever once, I have not ever been inspired by one single female politician. Like um, in on a kind of inherent, in, in on an inherent, inherent value basis, value based um, feeling, I've never been inspired. In in the sense that like I guess. You know, Hillary Clinton, I'd say she was my biggest kind of um, 
she obviously a lot of problems with her but just on a purely kind of representational uh surface level kind of um degree i guess um i was deeply wanting to her to be um like uh, what i guess what i'm saying is that there's an important cosmetic reason mm -hmm. um and it and it would have really meant something if she became president she should have become president in 2016 um the fact that she didn't is still something we will all mourn forever but mm -hmm. like on a cosmetic level it's important but um yeah i i just like um politicians for me i'm like shrug yeah it's it's a bit more complicated when you're talking about a politician because um at the end of the day you know they're they're human and you can always find faults within I, no no I, I guess what i mean is like um uh they still have to they they're well, what i mean is like they're still bureaucrats at the end of the day and mm -hmm. they have yeah. to comply to a very structured patriarchal set of um i guess mechanisms mm -hmm. so like for me i'm just like can you really make real change kind of thing you know, yeah, I don't know. like can one woman change. actually make real change yeah, yeah. okay and um, my final my final my final idwd bonus wish is get rid of all boys schools yeah because nothing good like has that. ever come out of them yeah nothing good has ever come out of especially private <laughs> private boys oh yeah that's what i mean all boys private schools. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And do you want to elaborate on that? I don't think we we've been talking about it for years about how much we dislike private boys school and how many. Just go and look up on the scandal news on the new uh, on with, on internet that you can find. Tons oh yeah, you don't need yeah, tons yeah exactly. Of them. Yeah, they're just the most problematic places on earth. Yeah, <laughs> in the in the Western world. In the Western or everywhere, I think. Yeah. Okay, is that it for now for our discussion? Yeah. Any final yeah. thoughts? Um, I also want to kind of keep this. I I want to make. I want to not stress the shittiness of what it means to be a woman this year. I kind of want to mm -hmm. just lean into what's positive about being a woman. So I'm gonna try and like watch female empowering movies for the next week. Okay. What would be? What would it be on your list? Well, I'll definitely add. Um, uh, I'll definitely add uh, a league of their own. Okay. Oh, so you haven't watched that yet? You just I have. About a couple I watched months. it last a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, Still, Magnolias is on this list, even though I actually haven't seen it. But, mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, uh, First Wives Club. Mm -hmm. I love that film so much. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna try and keep it to the '90s, but maybe I should expand because there are a lot of female empowering movies you know, yeah, in yeah. the last few decades, but, you know, I'll yeah. have to do a bit of research. But for listeners out there, if you want to tell us your favourite female empowering, female-centric movie, uh, so shoot us a message. Yeah, let us know, and I would like to know what kind of movies that I'll be able to watch with my daughter. Yeah, I need to look up something that's, you know, suitable for... Oh, well, has she seen A League of Their Own? No, she hasn't. Oh, my it, God. Is it you appropriate have... for her, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have to. She'll love it. Does she like baseball? Does she like sports? Uh, she likes sports, but I don't think she's, you know, baseball is never really big in Australia. So yeah, it's, it's not. never yeah. big in the school playground. So Oh, oh, I mean, you have to watch it. I would yeah. love to watch it with her. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to look it up and watch it with her this weekend then. Fantastic. Okay. okay. So that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like to support us what we do here at Asian Bitches Down Under, head to Buy Me Coffee page and make a donation for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from us this week, and we'll chat to you next time. Bye.